Welcome to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, a weekly conversation about mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information or to find a therapist in your area, visit our website at therapyforblackgirls.com. While I hope you love listening to and learning from the podcast, it is not meant to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health professional. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for joining me for session 252 of the Therapy for Black Girls podcast. We'll get right into the episode after a word from our sponsors. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first, and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. For the first time in a while, I have quite a bit of fun travel coming up this summer, and I'm really counting on Macy's to help round out my wardrobe for some of these trips. Right now, I've got my eye on a new bag and sandals from Coach and some super cute tops and dresses from Macy's On 34th brand. And you can never really have too many pairs of sunglasses. And there are a lot of cute options to explore right now. If you need a little help getting your summer look together, shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. You may have heard that most people who are black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Buying your first car can make you feel like a superstar as it's a big purchase, but it can take time to get there. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. 
Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. What is your version of happy? Sure, we don't all have the same things in mind, but we do have something in mind when we think of personal happiness. Joining me today to discuss how we work towards obtaining our vision of happiness is Rosetta Thurman, the founder of Happy Black Woman, a personal coaching business she founded to teach Black women how to manifest the life and business of their dreams. Rosetta and I chatted about how happiness is not about having stuff, but instead about doing the stuff that you care the most about. From her minimalist journey, she shares how minimalism amplifies what we deem the most important and how a minimalist approach to life can lead us to accomplishing dreams we never thought we'd see in this lifetime. If there's something that resonates with you while enjoying our conversation, please share it with us on social media using the hashtag TBG in session. Or join us over in the sister circle to talk more in depth about the episode. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. Here's our conversation. Thank you so much for joining me today, Rosetta. Thank you for having me. I have been a fan for a long time because so many of my clients are fans of yours. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to hear that. And I'm sure they will be excited to hear you chatting. So shout out to all of Rosetta's clients. (laughs) So we're here today, Rosetta, to talk primarily about minimalism. So can you tell me, like, at its core, what do we mean when we are talking about minimalism? When we're talking about minimalism, we're essentially talking about the art of living with less. And how did you get into minimalism? And is there like a specific instance that happened that led you to minimalism? Yes. In fact, I always say that I came to minimalism in a very practical way. I had a very practical reason for becoming a minimalist. I did not know it was a movement. I did not know it was a lifestyle that people took on and wrote books about. It was 2011. I had quit my job the year before and I needed to save some money. (laughs) I needed to save some money. And what I realized was that having an apartment near the metro in Washington, (laughs) D.C., when you don't have a job anymore, is a big expense. And it was really to reduce living expenses. So my goal was to get rid of things so that I can actually downsize my living situation, which would get me to a lower cost of living. So my reason was very practical. So I always tell people I became a minimalist in 2011 to save money. But over the years, what I got from it was a different mindset about living with less. Oh, I would love to hear you say more about that. Like what kinds of life changes or things have opened up for you after adopting a minimalist lifestyle? Oh my gosh, so many things. One of the biggest reasons why people say that they can't do things, especially as Black women, we want to do a lot of things, but a lot of reasons why we can't do them is number one, because of money and because of other responsibilities. Money is by far the biggest thing that my clients come to me with at Happy Black Woman is why they can't do what they want to do. They can't start the business. They can't travel. They can't take on a hobby they wanted to do or do something they've always wanted to do their entire life, write a book, travel the world, become a dancer. I don't know, whatever it is, but it's like, well, if only I had the money, if only I had the time, if only I had the, 
And what I'll say is that me being intentional about what my goals were, which was to build my business and travel, I knew I needed more money for that. And some people say, well, if I don't have the money, I can't do it. But what if you could save money so that you can do it? So travel costs money, right? I did not make more money. What I did was cut my living expenses in half, which allowed me to travel. Yeah, so I think when we think about minimalism, at least I, and I'm sure I speak for lots of other people, I think about like just getting rid of a bunch of stuff, right? Like a spring cleaning, which feels very timely right now. We're kind of entering into spring, but you're also talking about cutting expenses in other ways, right? So maybe I don't need the highest cable package, or maybe I don't need all of these streaming services. So what are some of the other common misconceptions about minimalism? Well, it's kind of what you just said was that minimalism, there's different stages. And I'll talk about the different stages. There's three different stages that I you know, can categorize it in now that I've talked to so many women about this concept, mm-hmm. especially when I was starting to do it. People were like, oh my gosh, is she really going to get rid of her stuff? Well, yes, but that's not just what minimalism is about, is getting rid of everything. So for me, I went all the way to the third stage. So the three stages of minimalism are in each one is more involved than the last one. So the first one is deep cleaning. Minimalism is not just getting rid of everything. It could be really deep cleaning and spring cleaning essentially to take stock of what do you have and what still needs to be there. And from a goal-oriented perspective for me, if you have a goal that you want to reach this year, does everything in your space still fit that, right? So are there some things that are easy for you to get rid of? That's like the lowest level. The the deep cleaning, the spring cleaning is just throwing out clothes. That's like the deep clean level. Throwing out things that don't fit anymore, right? Selling them. So there is a way that you can make money from it. So I did make some money from throwing out some things also. So when I became a minimalist, I got rid of my apartment and I started being a roommate. And some people were like, oh, I'll never do that. You would never do it just to do it. I wasn't doing it just to do it, but you would do it if you had a strong desire to see the world like I did, to cut half of your living expenses, right? So that would be what I would look at. Why are you doing that, right? I sold some of my furniture, which gave me some money. What was I going to use the money for? To travel. Well, I can't get rid of my stuff. If you had a big enough why, you could. Mm. <laughs> That was my why. That's the first level. The second level is the declutter. So actually, some people, when they do screen cleaning, you'll see them put out one or two or three bags of stuff. The declutter level is going through your whole home, your entire house, and looking at what needs to go from a big perspective. For instance, I had a couch I never sat on. You know, back in the day, we had the couch that couldn't nobody sit on, (laughs) that grandma kept the plastic on. Like, I want everybody to think about this, like listen to the podcast. How much do you think that couch was worth? But nobody ever sat on it. It could have been sold. It never could have been bought in the first place. And that money could have been saved. What was the purpose of the couch with the plastic? It was just a showpiece. (laughs) Yeah. But how many of us in our lives, we perpetuate that in our homes. So I've had clients put out entire furniture, things that they bought for their kids back in the day. I had a client who had furniture filling up an entire second bedroom from her kids, stuff that she kept from them, sentimental things. So when she went past just putting out old clothes and actually went to decluttering, she was like, I don't need anything in this room, which leads to, do I really need a two bedroom? It's just me. Kids are out of the house. Do I really need a two bedroom or can I have a one bedroom and save a lot of money? She downsized, which is the third stage. And that's what a lot of people think 
minimalism is, but there's different stages. You don't have to go to the downside stage, but a lot of my clients do because they see the light. It's like, well, if I got rid of everything in the second bedroom that is junk or things that I don't need anymore based on the goals that I have right now, my mortgage could go from 3000 to 1500 or from 2000 to 1000 So downsizing is actually changing your living environment based on the goals that you have. And so what are some of the things, and you've already kind of, you know, led on to some of this, what are some of the things that can turn people away from minimalism? What makes it feel so unattainable for some? Feelings of loss. And I know as a therapist, you can explain this better than me of how big that is for people is feeling like you're losing something. And believe it or not, the hardest thing for me to get rid of when I downsized and I got rid of my apartment in DC and I started rooming with people. I didn't cry about my couch. I didn't cry about my bed. I didn't cry about all my clothes that I got rid of or my shoes. I actually downsized to the point where all of my clothes could fit into a suitcase and all of the stuff I needed to work could fit in my backpack. So I had my laptop in there, my notebook, everything that I owned fit into a suitcase and a backpack. But what hurt my heart was getting rid of my books, (gasps) right? I had over 200 books curated. It was like the essence of my education and my favorite authors and everything. Like it wasn't hard for me to get rid of my clothes, but my books, I was like, I've got to get rid of these. And so actually I chose to donate them to a local library, which made me feel very good. I'm like, if I ever want to come look at my books, I can come back to the library and look at my books. But the feeling of loss is something that people think that they can't handle. But the way that my clients have gotten over that and myself as well is to think about What's on the other side of that? If you're strong enough to handle the feeling of loss, what do you gain? Yeah. And you know, something you said, Rosetta, that I think we may want to go back to thinking about like your grandmother's couches and like these rooms of furniture that like I think historically lots of our families have had. I think a lot of that was about status, right? Like a lot of it was about not being able to have and now being able to have. And I would imagine that this probably comes up with your clients. Some of this I think Mm -hmm. is rooted in like some cultural trauma because we are often approaching things from a scarcity mindset, right? Can you talk a little bit about some of those themes that come up with your clients? I actually told my grandmother of my plan when I first became a minimalist of getting rid of all my stuff and traveling the world. And she said, so you're going to go from having your own apartment and being a gypsy. (laughs) And my generation, I was like, what's wrong with that? But I looked it up and the word has a very negative connotation from her generation. It's almost like being homeless. Being a gypsy is not a good thing. And it sounded exciting to me with my millennial self. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to live cheaply and spend my money on experiences versus stuff. The whole thing behind Happy Black Woman is creating your ideal life. And so I don't believe that just because you don't have the money now doesn't mean you can't create it. If you have assets, that furniture is assets. And so in her mind, I was going down in status to becoming a gypsy because I was giving up my stuff. Still the same person with the same value. But now, because I don't have any furniture now, I'm... (laughs) I'm a vagabond on the streets, you know? Right. You bring up another good point. Like, how do you explain this or have conversations with family and other loved ones? Because especially around things like holidays, right? Like just for my own example, I have two boys. And, you know, even Mm -hmm. if we tell grandparents and aunties, please don't send them a bunch of gifts for Christmas. We're fine. People still want to send them. So how do you navigate these Mm -hmm. conversations with family and loved ones about choosing to move into a more minimalist lifestyle? I will say that it does 
does take time, you know, for people to get how you are with this new way of thinking and adjust to it. Just like with a lot of decisions that we make in our lives that change our lives for the better, it's better for us and we know it's better for us and our finances and our peace of mind and everything. But for other people, they don't see it that way and it may just take some time for them to adjust. So I think in the beginning, it was like, what is Rosetta doing? She's living with roommates. She had her own place. And from the outside looking in, it could look like maybe it's not the right decision for you. And why are you doing this? And people want to support you, but this is weird. But you got to know for yourself that this is the right thing. And with that, you just manage everyone based on their relationship in your life. And so with gifts, it's very hard to tell someone to not give a gift. The thing is, I still get a lot of gifts. I don't tell them what happens after they give the Mm. gift. I receive the gift. That doesn't mean that I keep all the gifts. So sometimes I would donate them, repurpose them, especially when I was traveling I had no choice. I could give the gift to staff member at at the hotel I was staying or to my roommate. So you don't need to make people come over to your side of your truth. It's impossible (laughs) to do that. But you can manage each person in your life based on what your relationship is, I think. Yeah, I like that. You said that a lot of your work involves helping people kind of make peace with the loss of what they're giving up. But if you help them to look at what they're gaining, that can help them to kind of move further into it. Can you say a little bit more about what we can gain from moving to a minimalist lifestyle and like how staying attached to stuff can sometimes weigh us down? I love what you said earlier about, you know, it being like this generational thing, because so many things have changed over the generations about what our self-worth looks like and what it consists of, what our jobs are. And we can actually follow our passion and our purpose now. (laughs) And trying to explain that to a grandparent, a great-grandparent, or even your parents, it's still a foreign concept. And so making the choice to live with less can still be a foreign concept to wrap your mind around even though you know that now today, 2022, we have choices, it's still a foreign concept to kind of realize and understand and act from that place versus before it was like a badge of honor to collect things because that means I've made it. If I didn't make it, then why would I have this expensive couch? that I only sit on when company comes. And even then, (laughs) how much use do you get out of it? I think it's interesting the calculations people will go through like before they buy a car. How much am I going to use it? You know, I'm not going to buy this expensive car if I'm only going to use it once in a while or I can take the subway cheaper. Like we do that. But then when it comes to like, when people come see my house, it needs to look a certain way. So they'll think of me a certain way. But it's fleeting, it's temporary. And it's really a lot of times for other people. When you have something that you want more than the approval of other people or the feeling that you've made it, and you really focus on what is it that's going to make you happy, then it becomes easier to do that. Just like any other thing that we've done in our lives. Somebody said, oh, that's dumb or that's stupid. It's like, but I want Mm -hmm. it. So it matters to me. And that's all that needs to happen. Most people, they don't have a strong enough why to do it. So it sounds crazy or it sounds like maybe they can't do it. But let's say you want to buy a house next year, you know, I don't have money for that. Well, what if you were to cut your living expenses in half? You don't really like where you live right now anyway. (laughs) 
you want to go to that new house. So what's on the other side of you saving money and cutting your expenses for a while is that new house in the place that you want with the bedrooms that you want. And you can put all new furniture in there if you want to. If you were to implement the strategy for a while, you can sell things. You know, there is a survey that came out a couple years ago that said that the average American has at least $10,000 worth of stuff that they can sell on their home. Wow. $10,000. Depending on where you live at, you're halfway to your down payment right there. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or investing in your business or a trip or whatever it is that you want to do to make your life happier. But a lot of times what we're conditioned to do is when we're unhappy and we're not reaching our goals or moving forward is to go buy more stuff. Mm. Now, listen, Rosetta, you might have said a word here, right? Because, you know, we definitely talk about like retail therapy. If something is not going well in our lives, something that gives us an almost instantaneous dopamine hit is to go buy a new shiny something. And so how much do we do that instead of looking at what is actually bothering us? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering if you have seen some changes in your work. I'm sure you have because we all have in the pandemic. So is it easier now to, you know, kind of talk with clients about becoming more minimalist? Is it harder? Like what changes have you seen during the pandemic? I would say both. It's both easier and harder with changes that are outside of our control. That's where I think more innovative thinking happens. A lot of times change happens when we're forced to make it. And that's not always the best kind of situation to have to make change in, but people who are not, they have not been forced to make a change yet are so much more open to the possibilities of what they could do. So based on what's going on in the world today, a lot of people are wanting to move faster. If they want to move down South, they're speeding up those mm -hmm. plans. The feeling that life is so uncertain, it's like life, job, business, so many things are uncertain that we've seen, if one little thing changes, and not even just the pandemic, but all the other world events happening, I think people are just becoming more aware that maybe you don't have five years to take baby steps to get to where you want to go. If you're wanting to move your family to a better place, a better neighborhood, buy a house, invest, start your business and all of that, how much longer are you going to be saying that you don't have the money? Let's do something different. And so in that respect, the conversation is better of people being more open to doing things a little differently, of being willing to make those sacrifices, what people perceive them as sacrifices, in order to reach their goals. And so I will say that the pandemic has made a lot of women, especially Black women, more aware of their goals and how far they are, meaning that they're more open to thinking about, well, how can I get there faster? Because I don't have all the time in the world. And things could change like that. So let me get a move on what I want to mm -hmm. do. More from my conversation with Rosetta after the break. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, 
a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Forum believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Forum is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life-saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct, positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. How many times have you arrived in Orlando and suddenly realized you forgot the kids? But then you remember you had no intention of bringing the kids. You are in Orlando to enjoy yourself. It's an amazing opportunity to have fun and experience all the fun Orlando has to offer. Sure, Orlando is known as the theme park capital of the world, but there's so much more to this destination. It's the place where adults can become kids again, and happy hour happens any hour with never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, and outdoor adventures from zip lining to its beautiful natural springs. And, of course, fireworks every single night. Plus, you have loads of entertainment options, 
see unique neighborhoods, and can even visit their blossoming arts and culture. Orlando has everything for an amazing getaway with your loved ones or friends, including exciting thrill rides, lush, lazy rivers, and world-class golf and spas. Yes, there's more to see, do, and experience than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. So tell me more about the work that you do with Happy Black Woman and how does minimalism fit into that work? Yeah. So at Happy Black Woman, I started as a blog in 2010 when I quit my job. And so the whole minimalism and travel and everything was documented back on the blog when people read blogs. Now they listen to podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it was always about helping Black women transform our mindset so we can manifest the life and business of our dreams. And so what I learned was that most of the things that we want in life cost money. And I don't say that to sound shallow or anything, but if I ask any Black woman right now to make a vision board, there's going to be at least one thing on there that costs a lot of money. Indeed. Period. So I learned that, okay, I've got to teach my clients not just to see the vision and write the vision and put it on the board, but to actually be able to manifest the vision to actually get that thing they put on their vision board. And so I heard early on, that's great, Rosetta, but I ain't got money like that. But you do though. (laughs) But you do. It just is not in your bank account yet. But that's when I started teaching women how to use their skills and make money and all that. But at the same time, I learned how to help women brainstorm from what they had. The minimalism came up when my clients were saying, I want this, I want that, but, 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 but. So minimalism became something that I could say, hey, I did this and it worked for me. I blogged about it. I blogged about all the things I got rid of. And a lot of my blog readers got really intrigued and they started asking me questions. And I get on the phone with a client. I had a client who she wanted to build a business. But at the end of the day, her ultimate goal was to move. She lived in Maryland. She wanted to move to California, buy the water. And that was where she wanted to retire. She was so stuck in this rat race of working all these hours at her job to pay for her house in Maryland that she didn't want to be in. <laughs> so that's where a lot of the stuff started coming up. And I was like, this is a viable solution to a lot of my clients getting what they want faster. Like she went all the way also from deep clean, declutter to downsizing. And so she was able to reduce her living expenses again, enough to be able to make that move because moving costs money. <laughs> I had a client who sold her home and got apartment. Because when she had a home, she had a family and everything. And so sometimes life circumstances change and vice versa. If you have a family, I've seen some of my clients make choices based on the fact that they want to be with their family more. Somebody described it as having a chip on their shoulder or a boulder on their back with this mortgage. If you can get your family on board with minimalism, you all can contribute to a different life three, five years from now. Mm -hmm. I have a client right now who's looking to relocate to the Caribbean and buy property there that she would not be able to buy in New York. (laughs) Indeed. So it sounds like there's a common theme in a lot of the clients that you work with, like a desire to move. So what kinds of issues or goals do clients approach you with? Like how does somebody say, I want to work with Rosetta at Happy Black Woman? They want more. Mm -hmm. They want more from life. You know, we see it so much with the great resignation, right? With so many women, especially black women. And I love this Mm -hmm. for us. (laughs) 
that we're worth more. And the whole time we could have been demanding better hours, less stressful commutes, working from home and everything. Why shouldn't we be able to thrive in our own spaces at home and still provide the work that employers are asking us for? So clients come to me when they want more and they don't know how, like the steps to take to get there. Most women, they can make a vision board. They get excited, give us some wine, bring out the magazines and everything. So some of my early events were like doing kind of vision board parties and doing retreats and helping women, again, get clear on what they wanted. And once you get clear that you want more, most of us, we're no stranger to hard work. We're no stranger to like, okay, well, let's get it. Well, what's the plan? All right. So boom. First of all, we're going to reduce your expenses. Second of all, we're going to increase your income. And that's going to be part of your plan to get the more that you want. So you were ahead of the curve, Rosetta, because you started working remotely years ago, right? So this is something some of us are catching up to. You started doing this quite a while. How does it feel now seeing more professionals being able to take the leap of working remotely? And what kinds of things do they need to keep in mind? Like I said, I love this for us. And I think that because more and more people are doing it, it's more accepted now. It's kind of like people are more willing to talk about more creative options for getting what they want. And now it's like working from home is more accepted and it's something that you can actually request now with any employer. You don't even have to start your own business to work remotely. You can do that in a corporate setting now. It could be part of your package, part of your requirements that you work remotely. And so there's a lot of things I think about when I think about working remotely. So some of us, when we get the opportunity to do that, Sometimes we can let our goals fall by the wayside, like we can lose sight of them. So a lot of us, we say, you know, every year, 2021, I'm going to start saving money for my house. Or 2022, I'm going to start doing this and that. And then sometimes we get caught up in whatever it is that we're doing and we forget about that. So working remotely can be a blessing if you make sure that it is a blessing. So Remember all that money that we saved from not commuting, not having to buy gas? Where is that going? So I know this is not a financial podcast, but if you don't keep your end goal at the forefront of everything, it could be easy to still not save money for the house or still not put the money into the business or still not just save for retirement or whatever it is, early retirement, or for whatever you want for your kids or for your family. It could be easy to still not make progress if you are not intentional about what am I doing based on this opportunity that I got to work remotely. A lot of people, they say that their food costs went down because they're not eating out, but then they're ordering Uber Eats at home. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it has been so interesting. I think Rosetta, like there's a duality for so many pieces of the pandemic that there's been this anxiety and, you know, like, oh my gosh, what's happening? How do I keep myself safe? But I also feel like the opportunities that many of us have gotten from working from home have really just unlocked a lot for us. I think for a lot of people, this has been the first time they have thought about work not necessarily being the center of their lives. Like you've talked about before, like I'm doing all this work to provide for this house that I don't even love living in. And I think the pandemic has really allowed people to go back and live with family and still keep their jobs, right? And so now I think there is a focus on how do I restructure my life to actually live my life and not about just focusing on work that I think has been really interesting, like you said, and especially exciting, I think, for a lot of Black women. Oh, yeah. The idea that we can literally create our own reality. It wasn't possible for previous generations to do things like we can do them now. And I think that's where therapy comes in and coaching comes in and being in communities of women who are doing those things. It helps us to find our belief 
to make those steps forward, to believe that it's possible and all of that. And at the end of the day, like I said, I started this journey because I wanted to save money so I could travel. That was my big goal. But then going through it, I realized that I didn't even need all the stuff that I got rid of. It wasn't ever, I need all this stuff. It was that that's just how you live life. But when you start to put your goals, I think at the forefront, it really is an opportunity for you to ask some really powerful questions to yourself. Like, does this match up with the goals that I have? Is this aligned with where I'm going? I often use the metaphor of if you look around your house and really at anything, any people and situations in your life, if you look around your home, if you look around your life and ask yourself, do all these things, do all these people still align with where I'm going and where I want to be a year, two years, three years, 10 years from now? And if the answer is no, then why am I holding on to it? It's a powerful question. I feel like I want y'all to take that to your journals and really think about that. It feels like that deserves some exploration and thinking there. Yeah. The name of your business is Happy Black Woman. And I wonder if you can talk about what areas of happiness often feel overlooked for clients who you start working with who may be struggling or wanting to adopt a more minimalist lifestyle. Well, it comes up at the intersection of other things. You know, someone starts talking about one thing that they want to do or or something that is blocking them. And then it comes up as a part of that conversation. So what we typically start out with in any of my coaching programs or courses or anything is the wheel of life that I'm sure most of your listeners are familiar with. So you look at, for us, eight areas of life. And what a lot of my clients tend to focus on is the business and career side. And I know because that was my focus for so long is just the business or the job because it has that tangible gratification of you did a good job, you got more clients or you did a great job on that project. Yay. You know, awesome. But what's overlooked is honestly the other seven areas. Can you name those areas for us, Rosetta? Yeah. The first one is lifestyle and fun. Mm. I can't tell you how many clients say, I can't remember the last time I did something just for fun. Not because it was doing it for someone else or because I thought it was going to advance me professionally. So it's lifestyle and fun, business and career, money and finances. And that's where we get into how are you saving for your goals? Where's your money going? And then we have health and wellness. So it's not just about weight loss. The main thing we talk about actually with that is mental health, mental health support and making sure that you're fully supported to move forward with everything that you want to do in your life. Family and friends. So your relationships with your family and friends. A lot of Black women, they say that it's hard to make friends when you're older if you don't already have that group of friends or they outgrow their friends when they want to do something different or set you know bigger goals. And then there's love and romance. So how's the love life going? And it can be a big energy drainer when it's not the right person or maybe there should be no person. Maybe it should just be you. (laughs) And then the last area is personal growth and spiritual development. So a lot of times we focus too much on one area. We neglect all the other parts of ourselves. And then we just run on autopilot, go to work, come home, watch Netflix, repeat all over again versus taking stock of, okay, how could downsizing help in three areas? Like downsizing for my clients typically helps with the money and finances area, the business and career area, because a lot of my clients, they can work less because they don't have to pay to maintain all the stuff. The stuff that we buy needs to be maintained. (laughs) 
places we live need to be maintained. And then the lifestyle and fun because where you live fits into the lifestyle piece. Got it. So is the work that you do with your clients kind of primarily walking them through these eight areas and then looking at where are we in this area? How can we bolster up this one? How can we take away so much from the career and job one and put that energy towards somewhere else? Yeah. So it's creating that ideal life, that vision for each client based on where they want to go. And most of my clients, they are entrepreneurial or they're heading out of the workforce altogether, retiring. And I have a lot of clients in 40s and 50s and they're wanting to leave out, but not having that foundation of, well, how's my money and finances and what's my next stage going to look like? If I want to be on the beach in California, what do I need to do now to really set myself up for that? But yes, it starts with what is your vision? What is your version of happy? Because everyone's is not the same. Some people, they want a, a very luxurious lifestyle. And they want all these things. And that's fine. I always say that minimalism is not about having nothing. It's about having the things that matter most to you. So for some people, maybe it is that fancy couch. Hopefully they sit on it <laughs> and, and actually enjoy it. For a lot of my clients, it's about experiences. They don't care about the stuff so much, but they want to have more experiences. For some of my clients, it's just time. Time is a luxury these days, being able to just sit with your family and enjoy them and not spend most of your time trying to figure out how you're going to financially provide for them when you don't need as much and you teach them and help them to see that they don't need as much. So many things can happen, not just for you, but for the people around you. So what's your personal definition of happiness, Rosetta? I often say that all I want in life is to be happy, successful, and free. And happiness is emotion, so it changes from day to day. I have a list, but one of the assignments that I give my clients um, is to make a list of 100 things that make you happy. And so my goal is if I'm doing at least one of those things every day, (laughs) that and what being a minimalist taught me so much is that spirit of gratitude. Some people, you know, they think that you have to get to a certain point in life before you can be happy. And for me, it's like, if I can feel the sunshine on my face today, I'm happy. I don't need 50 outfits in my closet. And for me personally, I don't care about that. If you do, that's great. But by living with less, I actually learned. And once I did start making money, I did not rush to fill up the closet and to like buy all the things I couldn't buy before. I'm just in a space of, I have more gratitude because I know that happiness is not about stuff. It's about the stuff that I care about, not about stuff in general. So you've already given us a beautiful intention in terms of looking around our house and our life and seeing if the things or the people there are going where we're headed in the next year, three years, five years. Are there other intentions or goals that we should have when we're setting minimalism? And can you give us any examples of other things that might help? Yeah. So it's like, what is your why? What is the ultimate thing that would make you feel like you achieve your vision board. And I always go back to the vision board because everyone has one. And if you were to look at the thing on there that you want to do or want to have or want to be so much, but, 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 right? One of the questions that I ask my clients to ask themselves is why do you want that? What will it give you? What feeling will you have? What will you be able to do because of that? And for me, it was travel because I wanted to see the world. I wanted to see the places in the magazines that I thought I would never get to see, something that nobody in my family had done. 
it was something that I wanted for me. And when I understood how important that was for me, there was actually no barrier or no hesitation for me to look at this as a way to get there because I tapped into it. Like a lot of people, they write their goals down and they put it on the vision board and they forget about it. But like reconnecting every day, journaling about it, like you said, is a great way to connect to it and to, to really hone in on your why. Why do you want to own a home? Why do you want to put your kid in, in this awesome school? Why do you want to save for early retirement? Can you imagine what your life would be like if you didn't have to work until you were 92? <laughs> right? If you had less living expenses, what can that allow you to do? But also, how much time would it save you? You know, when you have, I'm not saying anyone needs to do this, not having a lot of dishes. (laughs) (laughs) How much time does that save the average woman? (laughs) Not having a lot of clothes. How much time does that save you getting ready so you can enjoy your day? Goes back to what we were talking about earlier. What do you gain? Mm -hmm. And when you're not tapped into that, it's kind of like a dream. It's like a fairy tale. But my thing is, let's tap more into that. Journal about it. Connect to it. And that's your why that's going to help you to make these moves. Mm-hmm. You know, as I'm listening to you talk, we also talk a lot here about like decision fatigue, right? And how, you know, because of where we find ourselves in the world three years into a pandemic, yeah. the amount of time and energy it takes to decide what are you cooking for dinner? What am I wearing on the Zoom call today? But minimalism also can help with that because there are just fewer choices, right? So if every day oh, I'm yeah. wearing a black turtleneck, then I don't have to waste my bandwidth thinking about what I'm going to wear today. Exactly. And then what do you gain from that? How much deeper did you listen to your conversations today because you weren't thinking about that or worrying about it? It was the same thing kind of when I went natural and it was like, I just let my hair do what it does. It wasn't a tangible thing that you can point to and say, my life is better now because of that. It was more of a, just a weight feeling lifted off. Like your mind is clearer. It's just less things to worry about. So it just feels like you can experience everything else in your life at a deeper level. And I feel like I sound really woo-woo right now. (laughs) But it's just one of the things that that process gave me. And a lot of people worry about what if something happens to my stuff? What I like personally is knowing that if that were to happen, I could start over. I wouldn't be devastated. I don't need anything in this home for me to be happy for me to feel grateful. Everything could just disappear. If I go outside and I feel the sunshine on my face today, I'm grateful. Mm -hmm. So I want to ask you, Rosetta, for a couple of scenarios, because I think a lot of this feels great to talk about in theory, but it feels probably much harder in practice. So how could somebody who is somebody who loves like clothes and trends and collecting stuff like bags and purses, what might minimalism look like for them? Yeah. I will say that if someone's really interested in this topic, don't be afraid to go down the rabbit hole because what I learned later is that there is a whole community and conversation and movement around this. What I will say is that even with someone who really loves clothes and fashion and all of that, loving clothes and fashion does not mean that you have to have everything. (laughs) You can love the three purses in your closet. And if you love brands, awesome. Like three of the most expensive, exquisite purses, if this is important to you, right? So I'm not saying everyone needs to do this, but what you care about gets amplified when you 
incorporate minimalism into your life. And some people, again, are forced into it. It's like if you have to downsize because you lost a job or something, it's a totally different experience. And I'm not you know, gonna, gonna sugarcoat that. But if you think about, I want to reduce my expenses or I want to have less things to worry about or maintain, what could that look like? So for some people might be thinking about if I love fashion and all of that, what if I could put all the things that I love the most into one closet? What if I didn't need a whole room to hold my stuff? What could that open up for me? So that's a question that's more about what you gain than what you lose. What could that open up for me? And also there's guilt when you buy something and you never wear it. Mm. You feel mm. guilty. You feel like you made a bad decision. You mean like you felt like you wasted money. That's in the back of your mind affecting your mental health as well. You beat yourself up for being an impulse shopper. But I loved it. I had to have it. A year later, tag still on it. Yep. And every time you open that closet... How do you feel about yourself? You know, mm-hmm. more from my conversation with Rosetta after the break. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of Black and Brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy here. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as Black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where release the pressure comes in. It's all about us, Black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help to get our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head over to iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, online and in-store. Some of my favorites are the jewelry from Hey Maeve and the skincare products from Kaja. For the entire month of May, join Macy's in supporting AAPI-owned fashion brands. You can show your support by donating online, or by rounding up in store to benefit APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, 
personal and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Join me by rounding up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support API Scholars, an educational nonprofit. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. You may be aware that most people who are Black have O type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies and life saving measures. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? You, along with the American Red Cross, regardless of your blood type, can help by donating blood. Every day, our blood saves lives and eases the pain for those living with sickle cell. When you donate blood, there is a direct positive impact within our community. Right now, there is great need for blood donations in the African-American community. Every donation counts and makes a difference in someone's life. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Are you ready for a family vacation you will never forget? One where anything is possible? If so, it's time to plan your getaway to sunny Orlando. Orlando really is the ultimate family destination. It's time to break out the matching bedazzled t-shirt, dust off your go-to dad jokes, and prepare for exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, and fresh new dining experiences, and so much more. Of course, you know that Orlando is the theme park capital of the world, with 15 of the world's top theme parks and water parks all in one place. And beyond the parks, there is also excitement and family fun around every corner. If you're ready to plan an epic Orlando vacation, but you're not sure where to start, you can talk one-on-one with one of their Visit Orlando vacation planners. In Orlando, anything is possible. If you can imagine it, plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. So what about like a mom of four kids? Again, speaking for myself with two children, I think about like something that I have trouble getting rid of is like kids art projects, right? Like all these like weird shaped creatures that they bring home from school, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, I want them to be able to have this like 20 years from now, right? Which, you know, again, is like being connected to stuff, but it really is more about the memory, right? So what kinds of tips or how might they start to practice minimalism? whether it's something that your kids did or pictures from different family or people passed away and the pictures is all you have. And so I look at it as prioritizing what matters most to you and what do you want to see, right? What do you want to see? What do you want in your space every day? Because to be honest, even though we have an emotional attachment, truth be told, a lot of stuff is still in a box in the basement. (laughs) It's not being seen, right? right? So prioritizing what are those things that represent that for you. And so you could have on the wall, like a collage or a collection of the photos from your great grandmother and all the things that it represents. Like, I think sometimes if we don't give our feelings a task, we can tend to just do the default of what we know, right? So if you have a feeling that you don't want to lose that sentimental picture or box of things, you just hold on to it. But when you give that feeling something productive to latch on to, it's like, well, let me spend this weekend actually organizing my photos into a photo album that lives on the coffee table. And then that eliminates four boxes because some of those pictures are faded and everything and you can't even see them anymore. So what are your favorite ones? Or maybe they'll all fit into a little 
album and it could be displayed where it can bring you joy and it can bring you happiness and it becomes a meaningful thing instead of this reaction to a feeling you can actually do something productive with it. Mm-hmm. That is so helpful, Rosetta. And I think even just the language that you're using, right? It feels like you keep reframing the conversations like, what do you gain? Right? So again, even in this conversation, I'm focusing on like, okay, what do we have to give up? I got to give up my crafts. But it really is about like, okay, what do I love? What do I want to be surrounded with? And really focusing on that. And that's what minimalism is about at its end. It's like the art of living less so you can have more, essentially. Mm-hmm. So you can have more of a connection. Is it better to have your kids' pictures you know, scattered around or display them? Most of us have a ton of wall space that's not being <laughs> yes. used. Right? Display them. Have them live somewhere. And then every time you pass by the wall, you get that spark of joy and pride from your kids' artwork instead of just having it sit in this mm-hmm. place. So living with less clutter and stuff so that you can have more. And that's where those creative ideas come in. Love it. Thank you for that, Rosetta. So I wonder if you can leave us with three ways that we might start to try to practice minimalism in our everyday lives. Yeah, cool. So I'm going to give an exercise that incorporates the three stages, you know, what I call the three D's of minimalism. So this is the perfect time of year. (laughs) Well, anytime is a perfect time since podcasts are forever, Right. right? So whenever you're listening to this, I want you to get out a piece of paper. If anything that we've said sparked something for you, get out a piece of paper and I want you to write down, it's a brainstorming exercise. What could you do to address each of these stages? So the first stage, deep clean. What can I do over the next 30 days to deep clean? What can you get rid of? Some of my clients have old stuff from old relationships and it's not just physical clutter, but it's mental. I'm like, look, if you don't want that man never come back in your life, you need to get rid of that energy. <laughs> you know? So what are some of the deep cleaning things? What belongs in those trash bags that need to go out or need to be donated or whatever it is? Second thing is how can you declutter over the next 30 days? What can you let go of that's just creating clutter that's not useful to the goals that you are working towards? So this is the next level. And the third level is downsize. So over the next 30 days, how could you downsize? It's not like you need to move into a different place, but even looking at your current living situation, what is a way that you can reduce the expenses of living there, wherever there is? (laughs) And even little things like we don't think about them, but they add up. If the electric bill for a home with a certain number of rooms versus less number of rooms, or not having stuff in those rooms, your energy costs go down because you're focused on your stuff being in these two rooms instead of scattered around these four rooms, right? Like how could you downsize? So that would be the brainstorming exercise is you don't have to do any of it, but just brainstorm. What could be possible? How could you deep clean? How could you declutter? And how could you downsize over the next 30 days? And maybe one of those ideas you might want to get started on now. Right. No pressure. Just think about it and see what happens. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. So where can we stay connected with you, Rosetta? What is your website as well as any social media handles you'd like to share? Well, many of us do. We love the gram. So you can find me. I respond directly on my Rosetta Thurman Instagram. So if you would like to chat with me, connect with me, learn more about what I do, 
message me on Instagram. I answer all my DMs personally. And if you want to just learn more about my business and what we do, you can go to happyblackwoman.com and see whatever's the next event, program, course, coaching that we have available. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Rosetta. I really appreciate it. This has been an amazing conversation. You are the best interviewer. (laughs) I'm so happy I got to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it as well. I'm going to do this exercise myself. Awesome. (laughs) I'm so glad Rosetta was able to share her expertise with us today. To learn more about her and her work, be sure to visit the show notes at therapyforblackgirls.com slash session 252. And be sure to text two of your girls and ask them to check out the episode right now. If you're looking for a therapist in your area, be sure to check out our therapist directory at therapyforblackgirls.com directory. And if you want to continue digging into this topic or just be in community with other sisters, come on over and join us in the sister circle. It's our cozy corner of the Internet designed just for black women. You can join us at community.therapyforblackgirls.com. This episode was produced by Frida Lucas and Elise Ellis, and editing was done by Dennison Bradford. Thank y'all so much for joining me again this week. I look forward to continuing this conversation with you all real soon. Take good care. Hey ladies, it's Dr. Joy. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 Black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com RTP for a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com RTP. You may have heard that most people who are Black have O-type blood. O is commonly needed for emergencies. But did you know one in three of us is a match for patients with sickle cell disease? Regardless of blood type, every day our blood saves lives and eases the pain of those living with sickle cell. Donate blood at Red Cross to help save a life. Black excellence is in our blood. Visit redcrossblood.org slash ourblood to make an appointment now. Looking for hair removal tools that not only deliver smooth results, but also empower you with a sense of complete control? Enter Conair Girlbomb, your secret weapons for smooth, sleek results made just for women. From the ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, you don't have to compromise and settle for less. Conair Girlbomb equips you with the precision and power previously reserved for men's grooming tools. So take your hair removal routine to the next level with Conair Girlbomb. Available at conairgirlbomb.com or a retailer near you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Nowadays, a lot of these big companies pretend to care about our communities and issues with nothing more than lip service. State Farm is the opposite. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help educate in financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow Black-owned businesses 
thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something they care deeply about. They want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Forum understands that representation alone doesn't mean authenticity, that it takes a good neighbor to sponsor programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, and to fund programs like Project Ready, a National Urban League program committed to the educational achievement of black and brown youth that to date participants have been awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.